Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Just be ready to receive. Lord, we want to receive today from your word. We want to be alive again in your word. We want to be set free from the condemnation and guilt that we battle. We, we want a vibrant relationship with the Lord. Give us revelation today. Speak to me today. Lord, as we hear your word, Lord God, let it be by your spirit, not in eloquency of speech, but in the demonstration of your power. We open up to your word and we say yes to your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Before I go to the, the uh, I want you to get your Bibles, but before um, I ask you to turn your Bibles, I feel today specifically, I need to recap maybe about seven or ten minutes for part one. Here's why. Anytime I start a series, if you miss the first part, you've missed 80% of everything else in the series because we lay a very deep foundation on the first one. And so if you ca- catch a second and third or fourth, you'll be like, oh, what's going on? So I, for those of you who are not here and... For those of you who are here, it's a great refresher course. I am talking about just simply the title is Amazing Grace. Everybody say Amazing Grace. His grace is so amazing. But last week, I started part one, and I defined what biblical grace is. By the way, this is a spirit-filled church, so you can say amen. You can shout. You can say, come on, somebody, right? But I do want you to receive the truth today because I believe what I'm going to share today is going to really... Um, Heal some people. And I said that right. Heal some people. All right? And so last week we started with the Gospel of John. And this is just review, but this is so important. Right? The Gospel of John in chapter 1, he said, In the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was God, and, and, and was God. And listen, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then at the very end, he said, And we beheld his glory, and he was full of grace and truth. This is key. When we describe Jesus, when the Apostle John described Jesus, he described Jesus not only being full of grace, but being full of grace and truth. That means true grace will never compromise truth. We have this sloppy grace being preached that compromises the truth, but Jesus was full of grace and truth. That means wherever you find truth, you find grace. Wherever you find grace, it upholds truth. Grace is powerful. It's not just little passive little thing. Grace is actually a force, which I'm going to tell you about. But you, you can't separate grace from truth. The grace of God we learned last week is a teacher. About say teacher. You guys remember that, right? Grace of God is a professor. You say, what? He's a professor? The grace of God is a professor. Why? According to Titus 2, and I'm just going to read it. It's not going to be on the screen. It says, the, for the grace of God, this is a review, but I want you to hear for those of you who are new. The grace of God, everybody say the grace of God, has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Watch this. That grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Grace teaches us. It's a professor. It's teaching you to say no to ungodliness. It's, listen, it's a gift from God. What is the definition of grace? The definition of God's grace is receiving something that you don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving something that you do deserve. But grace is receiving some attribute of God. Actually, it's a virtue or empowerment. That's the other definition. An empowerment to help us live the Christian life. And this is something that, uh, Enrique, you weren't here because you were teaching. But I love this scripture, and I use it usually a lot for holiness. But, in, but the Lord opened my eyes about something. This was last week. Grace also has the power not only to turn us away from ungodliness, but to keep us free from offense, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Wait, wait, wait. That sounds a little bit, wait, Grace? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, I'm going to read it. All this is a review. Looking carefully, listen to me, church, listen to me. This is going to set you free. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. But before that, he said, pursue peace with all people, watch this, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, again, this is a review, but I really feel I need to lay this foundation again. Because what I'm about to say is is going to build on this. Can I hear an Amen. Now, I usually preach that message on the context of holiness and the fear of the Lord. But the Lord opened my eyes, and, I, and he said, the fear of the Lord, the holiness. And then right after that, it says, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, 
and bitterness rise up, which defiles many. And I felt the Lord as I'm studying, as I'm reading, and I'm reading other commentaries, and I'm praying through this. What does it mean to fall short of the grace of God? Especially in this modern day of America that we feel we can never fall short of the grace of God. If, if the writer of Hebrews says we can fall short, that means we can fall short of the grace of God. We are saved by grace, but we can fall short of the grace of God. Now watch this, watch this. Review now. But, but, but how do you fall short of the grace of God? Here's the answer. When you don't take advantage of its full power and full ability and full capabilities of grace and you only uh, hang on to one or two things that we find uh, grace is about, which is that good feeling, which is uh, that, that feeling that, that it offers salvation. But, I, I, but I, I did this illustration last week. If I give you a new car and the engine is the brand new and the horsepower is greater than your old car and the tires are greater than your old car and you get that new car and only turn on the, the good effective radio better than you had before and the ac and you just enjoying that radio that satellite radio that you didn't have and you're saying wow this is so good and you only turn on the radio oh god and you only turn on the ac but turn on the car you've fallen short of the gift that i gave you because the full gift that i gave you not only includes the radio not only includes the ac it includes the power you're not getting it. You're not getting it. It includes the power, the horsepower, the, 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 the new tires, the speed. Falling short of the grace of God means you're not receiving the full benefit of the grace of God. And when we don't receive the full benefit of the grace of God, we're more susceptible for bitterness. Lest anyone fall short and bitterness. I'm preaching good this morning. Listen, and bitterness rise up affecting and defiling many. So that means we need the grace of God. And I'm going to teach you today something that is going to be almost shocking to some of you. Because even though we're saved by grace, here's the good news. Ready? God gives more grace. And I'm going to tell you that. There's a purpose and a reason why God gives more grace. He just doesn't say God gives grace so we could be more spiritual. And so in, in, in closing from, my, from last week, this is still good, though, for today, we learned that grace empowers uh, strength in three ways. If we, if we remember, right, those who were here, grace provides strength to be, one, delivered from something. How many could say amen from that? How many of you have been delivered from something and you didn't, do, you didn't deserve to do anything? You just got delivered because his power and his love. You, didn't, you weren't smart enough. You weren't good enough. Grace has the power to deliver you from something. Number two, grace has the strength to move you through something. That means while you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you will go through the valley of the shadow of death because grace will guide you. Grace, grace will make you, when you feel like giving up, grace will move you through something. And number three, grace will change you in the midst of something. Oh, yes, it will. Grace has changed me. And has made me more humble, has made me more merciful, more empathetic to people. Grace will change you if you allow it. Now, it brings me up to the first point. Then I'm going to read a scripture, and I want you to follow me because today is going to be really good. So that was, you think that was good. That was the appetizer, but it was kind of filet mignon appetizer, all right? I gave you filet mignon as an appetizer. Look at the first point. Look at the first point. God gives more grace. Everybody say more grace. For the purposes of resisting the devil and overcoming hardship in every area of your life. What we have lost in the body of Christ is inviting the grace of God to be more active in our lives. Through your prayers, it's really simple. It's not hard. It's invisible, but it's by faith. Just like you invite the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, just like you invite a greater measure of the fear of the Lord in your life, I challenge you, start inviting in your personal prayer time with your mouth, Lord, I invite the grace of God in my life today. Why? Now watch this. Everybody say he gives more grace for the purposes of defeating the devil. Watch this. And going through hardships. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor George. He gives more grace? That phrase suggests 
that God at times gives more grace than what's previously given. But what's the purpose of God giving more grace? Watch this. And who does he give it to? Why does he give more grace? And who, and, and who does he give it to? James chapter 4. Watch this now. This is going to help some of you who are struggling. Like, like Enrique said, you're trying to, you're, you're striving to do good works. And you're, you're neglecting the power of the grace of God that helps you to do good works. Grace is not a license to sin. It's the empowerment for victory. For victory. Grace is a force. Listen to this. James chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. If you're there, say amen. I'm telling you, if you pay attention, you're going to set, be set free today. But he gives, say everybody, say this with me. Yes, thank you, brother. Say he gives more. Look at this. More grace. No, that was weak. That was weak. Say it. One, two, three. Ready? But he gives more grace. Now watch this. Here's the answer. To who? And for what purpose? Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Keep going. Keep, he, gives, he gives grace. Wait a minute. I thought I already have grace. Yes, but he gives more grace. To those who intentionally humble themselves, they're in a position to receive more grace from God. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Therefore, now watch this. If you know scripture, anytime you see the word therefore, you got to ask yourself what it's there for. Therefore means it's a connective phrase in scripture. In the original writing, there was no uh, numerical numbers. It was all one thought. Okay? So when the word therefore, watch this is in, that means it's a connecting phrase to what was said prior. If I say, I hurt my ankle, therefore I'm not going to the restaurant. You're not going to harp on why you're not going to the restaurant. You're harping on the reason why I'm not going to the restaurant is because I hurt my ankle. Therefore, submit to God. Oh, this is a revelation to me. Resist the devil and he will flee. Wait a minute now. Wait, wait a minute. I want you to notice he gives more grace to the humble. In other words, the, the ones that are, are placing themselves in humility saying, I finally can't do it on my own. I get it. I've tried. I can't do it on my own. I'm striving and I'm falling. And I'm getting angry and I want to give up and I want to backslide all the time. And pastor keeps calling me and telling me to go to church. It shouldn't be that way in your walk with God. If you knew, if you humble yourself, he will give you more grace to go through it, and you have joy in the process. But watch this, watch this. But who does he give grace to? To the humble. And what's the purpose? He gives more grace to those who are walking in humility. Watch this. So that we can, oh, watch this. Here's the thing. He gives grace, and I got this revelation the other day. How many believe or can admit that sometimes, even though you know God's word is true and know that God's word is good, how many, if you're honest, sometimes find it hard to submit to something that God says? Watch this now. Watch. We, 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 we've, I've been preaching this the thing that is in our power to submit. Yes, we have, a, we have a decision. But let me tell you something. Sometimes it's hard to submit to something that God says either vocally, verbally to you by a prophetic word or in the word. And you're, you're angry with someone. You flip the page and it says, leave your gift at the altar and go back and get right with your brother. And you're like, oh. How many agree that that's hard to submit to? But grace gives you the power. Watch this. Therefore, he gives more grace. Watch this. He gives more grace. Watch this. Therefore, submit to God. My God. Wait a minute. That means, that means because he gives more grace, you should submit to God. And in your submitting to God, the devil will flee. It's a progressive, it's a progression, but it starts with grace. I said it starts with grace. He gives grace to the humble, therefore. You know, and to understand this scripture, you have to actually read a couple verses before. Because I'm just going to 2022 it, okay? I'm just going to give you a slang version of it. But, but a couple verses before, if you read chapter 4, 
James was talking to believers saying, hey, your, your, your desires and your fleshly desires and the worldly desires, are, you're, they're being enticed. You're being enticed by your own desires, and the devil is taking advantage of it. I'm just, being, I'm just paraphrasing, right? Then he basically said to the people, stop being prideful. You have the grace of God available to you. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, stop trying to, listen, stop trying to live on your own. But I could do it. I, I could do it. I know I can. Then why you fall every day? You can't do it on your own. So basically John, I mean James, is being kind of rebuking lovingly, saying, guys, you're being prideful. You can't serve God on your own. He gives grace to the humble. Hint, hint. That's what he's saying. Hint, hint. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself. Listen, he gives more grace. Then you can submit to God. By his grace, I've been able to submit to things that I did not want to do in my flesh. For God. That's, that's, I didn't even know, but I realized when, when Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient to you, I've preached that for many years. I'm realizing now, after 25 something years, that it's more than just a little strength to get you through. It's building humility in you, strength in you to say yes no matter what to God. Grace gives you the strength to submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. The reason why the devil's not fleeing from you is because you're just trying to resist. You're not trying to submit. Your power, your power in, in resisting the devil is not just saying, I rebuke you, devil. You have to submit to God, resist the devil, and then he'll flee. Grace tells you that you can't do it on your own. He's given you the answers to the test. He says, he gives more. He actually says resist the proud. I looked up the word resist and it's actually direct opposition. So can you imagine, you imagine the Lord, you're saying, Lord, I love you. And he's saying, I'm about to tackle you. I'm resist, listen, I'm resisting you. Oh, Lord, you're good. But you're prideful. If you're prideful, listen, pride doesn't always manifest in, look at me. I am spiritual today, and you're not. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, just, that's really, that's, if someone does that, I mean, it's like I always say, pride is like bad breath. Everyone can see it except you, right? Everyone can, see, <laughs> everyone can feel it except you. Pride, most of the time now, is not like, look at me. Some people, unfortunately, do that. Pride, has it manifest now? Are you ready for this? Is I do Christianity on my own. In my own willpower, my own strength. That's Pride. You think you're actually serving God, but God is saying, I'm, you're, you're striving. You're not going to get to a place unless you surrender. Grace helps you surrender to the power of God to submit to him so that the devil will flee. He desires to release more grace. Come on, say more grace. That means it's possible to be a recipient of greater grace in your life. Young people, you need to see this. You cannot serve God effectively without inviting the grace of God to give you strength to humble you and to humble you to be obedient to his word. How many times lately I've said, Lord, I need your grace in this. Even while I'm feeling the pain and I'm walking in this grinding, burning pain, I'm like, Lord, I need your grace. I need your grace. The grace of God doesn't remove the trial, like I said last week. It just softens the blow so you could go through the trial. So grace coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit gives us strength and power to overcome any temptation and any demonic power. Come on, say amen. Say amen. Shout with me. Grace Grace. is a force. Come on, say grace Grace. is a force. One more time. Grace Grace is a force. Now look at this next slide. Grace is a force from God to help us deal with the mountains that we face. Woo! I'm going to preach good now. I know I've been preaching, but I'm going to preach really good now, right? Mountains, I want you to see this. Mountains, if I say mountains. Me, me, and, me and Harvest, we love mountains. Me and my friend Steve, we love mountains. Now, mountains, I want to say this is, this is important. Now, when I say grace is a force to help us with the quote-unquote mountains, I'm talking about your spiritual mountains, Okay, now hear me, zoom in on me. This is good. Mountains in the Bible, a lot of times, um, are symbolic of place of encounter. I mean, Moses met 
met God on a mountain. Jesus took his disciples on a mountain. Jesus got transfigured in a mountain. He went to pray in a mountain. So mountains are a symbolic of God encounter. But the other side, biblically, of mountains, listen, I'm going somewhere with this, are huge obstacles. Mountain-sized obstacles, mountain-sized financial problems, mountain-sized, listen, um, family problems. So how, how does grace help us with the mountains now? It, you have to see this. this is, remember when Jesus, I'm going to get there. Remember when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, I believe, I wrote it down in 20. It says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, now listen to me closely, you will say to this mountain... Be removed from here to there, and nothing shall be impossible for you. If you say to this mountain, come on, somebody, say, say to this mountain, be removed. Now, it, the, the power is in the declaration and in what was said, okay? Now, now, now how, many, how many grew up in Spanish churches? Come on, Spanish people, come on. All the white people are like, what? All the Spanish people are like, we could have gone in a little corito in there right now, but we won't, right? It's an old, it's an old Spanish chorus about this verse. Now, watch this. Zoom in on me. Listen. The power to move the mountain is in our faith and in what we say out of our mouth. Hear me now. You say, what does it have to do with the grace? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Grace has the power to help remove spiritual mountains that you're facing. Watch this. Or help you go through spiritual mountains that you're facing without having an emotional breakdown in the process. Grace. Grace. Watch this. You say how. Now remember, it's how you speak and what you say. According, according to Matthew chapter 17, you will say, what I say, say, to this mountain. So what are you saying to your mountain? What are you saying to your mountain? Now, now what, I'm not going off. Watch this. What are you saying to your mountain? Now, in order to understand that, that principle was actually done in the Old Testament with Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. He was the governor of Judah. He had an assignment from God to rebuild the temple. Watch this. And he was facing huge mountains of people not wanting him to complete the work of the Lord. Let me pause and say, anytime you start doing what God called you to do, you're going to have to face great mountains in your life. You're, you're going to have, in order for you to get to a place where you're actually obedient with God, don't expect that you're not going to face mountains. You're going to face mountains in your relationships. You're going to face mountains in your, in your finances. Because the goal of the enemy is to get you to view that mountain and say, it's so insurmountable. This marriage problem is so insurmountable. What does it have to do with grace? Because God told Zerubbabel, he said, you know how I'm going to deal with this mountain? I'm going to shout grace, grace to this mountain, and it shall become a plain. In Zechariah, look at what it says in Zechariah chapter 4. He was dealing with, he saw a vision of a lampstand and all that, and God said, do you know what that is? And he said, no, I don't. And then God answered Zerubbabel this. He said, Zerubbabel, he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord. Come on, say this with me. This is the word of the Lord. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by my spirit says the Lord. In other words, you can't do it on your strength. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see that? It's not just power, power. It's you, Zerubbabel. You can't move this mountain of the enemies in front of you by your own goodwill. They're too strong for you. You need something else. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. Keep going. This is key. This is key. You're going to shout. Who are you, O great mountain? This is God speaking. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstones with shouts of grace, 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 grace. Come on, grace. You're going to complete it, in other words, by grace. That capstone means cornerstone. He said, you're going to complete When you finish that temple, you're going to shout grace to it. My God. Your mountains can bow down before you. It may not entirely go away, but you will 
have extra strength. Why? Why say extra strength? Because he gives more grace. Get that spiritual Tylenol, that extra strength, that extra strength bottle that is called grace. And if you humble yourself, he says, watch this. I'm going to give more grace to that person. I'm going to give more grace because he's identifying he can't do it by himself. He's humbling himself, and he's going to have grace. And those mountains, watch this. I'm going to make him a plane. Zerubbabel never said he's going to make him a plane. God says, I'm going to make him a plane. I'm not talking about airplane. I'm talking about flat plane. How many are facing some mountains this morning? The rest of you need to repent and come to the altar afterwards. All of us, come on, we get so spiritual in church. Not me. We all got some mountains. Some of them are bigger than others. But we all got some mountains. Thank you, Lord. Learn to invite the grace of God. We can't even serve God acceptably without the grace or victoriously if we don't invite the grace of God. But you, listen, you're a recipient. Everybody say recipient. When you choose. It's a choice. This is key. When you choose to walk in humility. When you choose to walk in humility. I'm going to say something real deep in a couple minutes that is going to absolutely set you free. I know some other things are. Hebrews 12 verse 28. Look at this. Are you getting something this morning? Are you getting something? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Look at this. This is another famous scripture, but I never saw this, right? It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us read this together. Watch this. Let us have grace. What's the purpose? By which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. What's the reason for grace? Let us have grace so that we can serve God. Listen acceptably, acceptably, with reverence and godly fear. What is the definition of grace? Giving us something that we don't deserve. So when we ask God for grace, which requires surrender, we will serve God acceptably, and we will have a greater portion of godly fear in our life. Somebody say amen here. Does this sound different than the grace message that we've been taught? And we could just kind of do what we want. And, and, you know, everything is like, it's not under the law anymore. We're under new to covenant. So we kind of don't have to do that. And a lot of that stuff is kind of true. But the heart behind it is wrong. See, you could do a truth, a, a good deed. But your heart, while you're doing it, is wrong. God calls it a bad deed. He says, listen, you know what he says? And this is, uh, this is not in my notes. This is for free for you, okay? I believe it's in Matthew 7. He says, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you? And he was talking to the people. You honor me and come close to me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Your mouth is like, man, that's good. That's good. That's good. Hey, hey, hallelujah. But your heart is like, I don't need to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't need to repent for that. I mean, it's just a little stuff. He, he, here's the thing. Grace is like two, watch this, mercy and grace are like two spiritual missiles from heaven. Listen, that are launched every time we're in great need. This is, watch this. I'm, 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 just listen. Put that slide up. Mercy and grace are powerful, two powerful forces from the Lord that complement each other and are given to strengthen God, God's people, but they're both given because of grace. Listen, how many of us are in a time of need. Now watch this. I talked about mountains. But how many of you truly are in a, in a time that you are in a time of need? You're needing something from the Lord. You're, you're waiting on something for the Lord. But there's a great need that's before you. What I have learned is when we have needs, God uses needs and trials to sometimes get us to humble us faster. Because he really desires to give more grace. He actually wants to give more grace, but he's waiting for the posture of our heart. But then he releases, watch this, in times of need, two missiles from heaven. Listen, boop, there's an alarm in heaven. Every time you're in need and you humble yourself and you humble yourself and you say, I can't do it, I need your help. In order, in, instead of yielding to that thing, right, to that other thing, I need your help because I want, sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes you just got to say, Lord, I want this more than I want you. I need your grace. 
It got quiet up in here. Lord, I want to do this more than I want to be obedient to you. And I'm admitting that to you. I need your grace. I need need your strength. The more you do that, you will see the rise of conviction come in your life. And even if you do it, you will see the rise of strength and conviction rise up within you. You'll become more sensitive to the things of God. It's all two missiles. Mercy and grace. Everybody say mercy and grace. In my great time of need are launched from heaven when I'm in need. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. Please don't get distracted. I'm speaking some important things to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Look what it says. So then, since we have a great high priest, oh, I love this. Don't you love the fact that our high priest, Jesus, didn't say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're feeling. Just go through. Just be victorious. He suffered everything but did not give in to temptation. Now think about that for a minute, for a minute. That means he felt in his body or he felt in his mind. All right, are you ready for this? He felt lust. He felt anger. He felt it. He felt it coming to him. It was presented to him. It, it was presented to him. Here, look at the world. Look at that woman. Look at this. Look at that. And each time he walked right through it and was obedient to God. He was fully God, fully man. Now watch what Hebrews says. Because we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Right? And in a, in a previous verse, it says we don't have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weakness. But having, listen, been through all temptation, he stood standing. Listen, watch, watch this. This high priest, this is I believe in the NLT. This high priest of ours understands our weakness. Watch this. This is so good to me. For he, oh God, let me give that a moment, just a moment there. For he faced all of what we facing. Of the same testing we do. Guys, hello, 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 hello. God don't understand what I'm going through. God don't hear me. I've been a victim of that. I've repented of that. God, you don't hear me. You don't understand. And then he gives me this verse. He was tempted and went through everything that you and I do. Now think about everything that you've gone through. He's gone through it. Loneliness, he's gone through it. Feeling abandoned, he's gone through it. Feeling defeated, he's gone through it. Feeling like no one cares, he's gone through it. But why am I saying this? Because we have a high priest that understands our weakness, for he faced all the same things we do, yet he did not sin. Are you ready for this? Here's the key. Here's the key. So, God, let us come boldly. Wait, 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 wait. What's his throne called? Let us come boldly to, because he understands us. Because he went through the same thing we do. Let us come. Watch us. Not timidly. Not, not oh my God, is God's going to. No. Even after, when you sinned five minutes ago. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, I sinned. Yes, I sinned. I messed up. You are greater than me, and I am nothing. My weaknesses are magnified in me right now. Lord, I'm holy. I have a lot of holes. But you said I could come before you. Listen, to the throne of grace. Are you ready for this? You ready to shout? There we will receive, everybody say the first missile, mercy. And we will find grace, the second missile. Ready? Everybody say this with me. To help us when we need it. Woo! Woo! Mercy and grace is launched from heaven when we need it the most. So when we are in emergency state and we're about to give up and we're about to call pastor and he don't answer and we're about to say, I don't want, God says, hurry up, launch mercy and grace. And mercy and grace, mercy and grace comes when you're about to give up and it explodes that mountain. And lifts you up. And you say, how in the world did I last that thing? Mercy and grace. Why did you survive that trauma? Why did you survive that divorce? Why did you survive that abuse? Why did you survive? (laughs) 
Why are you still at church? Why are you still a leader when someone abandoned you? Why are you still playing keys when someone hurts you? What? Come to the throne of grace and the Ark of the Covenant. You know what was on the top? The mercy seat. Grace, shouts of grace, grace to your mountain. Why would God shout grace if he didn't know there's power in grace? You need to invite the grace of God in your marriage. You need to invite the grace of God in oh. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to say this because I feel the Lord. The last main point I want to say, I, want, I need everyone to hear me because this is good. You need to invite your, the grace of God. Listen to me. Do not be distracted. In your relationships. Just as God has given us more grace, we need to give grace to others who've messed up. We are so quick to throw out a good relationship because someone messed up. And we forget that we have received grace, so we need to give more grace. And I'm going to prove it to you in scripture that grace helps restore fractured relationships. I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friend relationships. I can do it. I can say it in my own life that there has been friends that have been fractured. But the grace of God intervened. Watch this. Because I chose to see that other person when he attacked me that he was actually hurting. I'm not giving an excuse for something that happened to you. I'm not giving an excuse for someone hurting you. But sometimes we're so quick to say, to cut something off without giving them grace, without realizing that they're hurting just like you, and you need to give them a little grace. How many relationships have been lost because we've been quick to cut someone off just because of the inconsistency with their mouth when they're and there's, I know that I almost lost one of my great friends because of my hurt. And we didn't speak for two years. And I was very hurt. And that, that was one of my good friends. But I reached out after two years. I was like, I think he ain't going to respond. But I responded. I said, hey, I want you to come. I want you to be a part of this. You were a big part of this when we started the church. And I said, I, I know we haven't talked in a couple of years. And watch this. He extended grace to me. Because at that moment, he could have said, No. I remember what you did two years ago. Or it, wasn't, it, was, it, was, it was mutual, but in his sight, I realized that he, he got hurt. Listen, pause for a second. Don't think just because you're that spiritual or you're anointed that you not every, every now and then don't hurt other people. You also hurt other people. Someone say amen. I know you feel you're perfect. I know, I know you feel the victim all the time. I know it's always you that gets hurt. And God forbid you never hurt anybody. It's not you. It's never us. You have to admit that sometimes you hurt people. I say sometimes grace restores and strengthens relationships. I want, listen, I want the, the, the worship team to come up. Now, I'm going to read this. Part of the DNA of grace is power. Now, listen to me very carefully. Grace, by definition and by DNA, is not only the power to say no to ungodliness, it's also the empowerment to restore fractured relationships. I feel this very strong. When I was studying, the Holy Spirit came on me really strong on this point. Because we need to learn how to give more grace to others. Watch this. A perfectionist will never give grace to others but always want grace to themselves. If you're a perfectionist, you're always pointing out the bad that other people do, yet you don't realize that you're doing bad yourself, and you don't give grace to people. And listen, how many of us have thrown away a good friendship because of an argument or disagreement? Do you know that Paul and Barnabas, they did not split up because of a theological difference? 
They didn't split up because one believed in the blood of Jesus and one believed not in the blood of Jesus. They both were tag team miracle. I'm talking about, you, you, you think tent revivals were good now. And back then, Paul and Barnabas were a team. Everywhere they went, signs and wonders. The devil said, how can I, watch this, how can I divide them? I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna, I, how can I split them up? I'm gonna divide them, right? The Bible says that, they, that Paul wanted John Mark, uh, sorry, uh, Barnabas wanted John Mark, which is his cousin, to go on a mission trip with them. And Paul says, oh, no, he's not. He abandoned us last time. And I ain't, I, he ain't going with us. And the Bible says there was, watch this, sharp dispute. Hear me, hear me now. There was no small dispute. The Bible says that they split and they never worked together again. Now, was there a process of forgiveness? I'm sure there was. There was sure, restoration. But you don't see them together again. They split up. At the very end of Paul's life, he said, uh, he was saying fond words about Barnabas. And then he said, bring me back John Mark, for he's needful in the ministry. But it took so much time. Watch this. this. I feel the Holy Spirit here. How many of you are quick to throw away a good friendship because they did hurt you? And you're not giving grace. How many of you marry people are so critical about your spouse and you fail to give grace. If God gives more grace to you, we should give more grace to others. Watch this, watch this. Second Corinthians, last scripture. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Second Corinthians chapter 13 in the ESV, English Standard Version. I want you to see this. Paul the Apostle is ending his letter to the Corinth church. I remember back in those days, there was not chapters and verses. It was all one thought. Please, please hear me now. Young adults, hear me now. Older people, hear me now. Younger people, hear me now. Watch what, how God, sorry, how Paul the Apostle ends 2 Corinthians. Okay? It's all gelled together. Say it's all gelled together. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim. For restoration. Everybody say aim. For restoration. How many know that aiming uh, takes um, intentionality? You just don't go, there it is, restoration. No, it's who have I hurt? Who hurt me? Oh, there it is. Okay. That's, that's what aiming means. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. That means live in harmony. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, he ties aim for restoration. And then he says, okay, this is how I'm going to end this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for these three big attributes to be with you so that you can aim for restoration. Ready? Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's not it. <laughs> That's where Spanish people get it, you know. God bless you. See, there's Latinos in the Bible right there. Greet, greet each other with a holy kiss. That's where we get it from. All the saints greet you. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Here's how it ends it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, one, may the love of God, two, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May, may the grace of God, in other words, I'm tying this up, aim for restoration. Greet each other. Aim for restoration. Now, as you aim for restoration, may the grace of God be with you. May the love of God be with you. Watch this. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And I'm going to add the PGV version because you're going to need it. <laughs> because, because you're going to need it. You're going to need the grace of God. Watch this. Watch this. Please hear me now. The grace of God has, and, I, and I, I heard the Lord say this, has a quality of restraint and patience. Last week we talked about that in that scripture in Titus it says that you will say no to God unless and live a life that's self-controlled. Do you know that grace gives you the ability to be like, <sighs> meekness does that too. But grace gives you the ability now hear me very well this is the, what I'm going to close to see other people's heart behind their actions instead of only looking at your actions your hurt it grace grace is the ability to say why are they lashing out at me oh I feel the Lord because some of you have cut things off and listen after two years of of silence in one of my best friends I reached out thinking Nah, it's not going to happen. He said, I would love to have lunch with you. We had lunch right there at that lunch table. We got restored. 
our relationship got restored. And he admitted, I was hurting too. So when you said this, I took it this way. He said, I failed to have grace in our relationship, in our friendship. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Grace gives us the ability to forgive someone faster. I, again, I am not talking about excusing what someone did to you. But what I am saying is, there. ask yourself, why is this person doing this to me? Why are they reacting this way? If I were to go off just one time when some, someone says something bad about me, I have an empty church. Because I had to give a lot of grace to some of you all, right? And you've had to give a lot of grace to me. You've had to realize that I have an affliction so I can't be in the office all every, every day. That's grace. We give each other grace because God gives us more grace. So why don't we give others grace? I'll end with this story. Years ago, and I'm doing good. I can't believe this. Like I finished all my points. It's not even 12. What? Holy Spirit. This is grace. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants you to give grace. Come on, give grace. Just, just wait for a moment here. Give grace to others. Mm. Just wait for a moment here. God is speaking. Recap, he gives more grace to resist the devil, to overcome hardships. Number two, grace is a force. It's a force to help you deal with the mountains that we face with shouts of grace, grace. Number three, mercy and grace are two spiritual missiles that are launched from heaven anytime we're in great need. And number four, Grace helps to restore and strengthen relationships with each other. I can't tell you how many times I've had to extend grace to someone, and that extension of grace saved a relationship that was meaningful to me. Now watch this. That doesn't mean that the relationship is the same as it was before. Watch this. It just means... It's healed from a fracture. If, let's stand up right now. Let's just stand up. I was going to say an illustration, but I just don't feel like, I just feel like God wants us. Re remember what, I need some of you guys to help me with this. Remember what James said to, the, to, to his people. James said this. Listen to me, guys. He said, stop being prideful. He said, humble yourself because God gives more grace. Everybody say more grace. Now look at me. How many need more grace? How many need more grace? But I feel in my spirit that many of you, you have a fractured relationship with someone. If we could be honest with yourselves, all of us have some, a fractured relationship with someone. Here's my advice to you today. Not only just forgive them, Show grace to them. Give them some slack. That's almost not preached anymore. I understand that. And watch what God will do. Watch what God will do when you give other people grace just like you've received grace. Now, it doesn't mean that you let them stomp all over you. It doesn't mean that you, you excuse what they did to you. But what you do is give an opportunity to view them why they're viewing it. And this is, this is what it is. Just keep doing it in the back. Keep doing it. I'll, I'll close with this. Years ago, a prophet friend of mine uh, prophesied to me. It was about four, four years ago. He said, are you okay? He called me and said, are you okay? Watch this. Watch this. I said, yeah. He goes, because I heard in my spirit while I was praying, the bleeding of sheep, not bleeding, like the bah, 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 like the, you know. And, the, and I saw in my spirit that they were nipping at your ankles. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but everything's good, you know. I felt like, false word, buddy, but, you know. It's not for me. 
I said, everything's good. He goes, okay. I just said, I, I just saw my spirit. Sheep biting at your ankles. I'm like, that's fine. Thank you. Three days later, I have this intense disagreement with a fellow leader. And I got angry. How many have disagreements in your marriage? How many got disagreement with friends? How many got disagreement with co-workers? Come on. Come on, liars. Come on, come on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You set free from lying now. See? Watch this. And, and I had this disagreement with this leader. And so my, I called my friend back. He goes, I go, bro, you were right. So I feel, and he's like, what do you feel? I go, I feel like kicking them out. That's just, I just be honest. I'm like, I don't want them here. Get them all out. It's an easy, that's a stupid solution. That never solves a problem. Never solves a problem when you tell someone that you're mad, just get out. How many times have we done? Get out, get out. Oh, really? That just really solved the problem? So he goes, how do you feel? I go, I feel like kicking them out. He goes, fine, okay. Like, I hate when you do this, you know. And all of a sudden, he goes, i never forget this. He goes, George, do you know what uh, nipping of the ankles means literally with sheep? I go, no. He goes, when sheep nip at the real shepherd's ankles is because they're disturbed by something and they're trying to get the shepherd's attention. But you're interpreting it as them hurting you. But what they're trying to do is saying, help me. Listen to me. You're not listening. Tears began to fall on my face and I, as I realized I'm ready to throw out a good couple of leaders that just had a disagreement with me because of my pride and lose the gift of God that's in them without realizing they're nipping at my ankles because they're trying to get my attention. They're hurting too. That's how you release grace. It's thinking about others and why they're doing that versus you only having that re reality of a victim. Forgive, but then give grace. Watch this. When you do, I promise you, when you give grace in a relationship and see past what they say and into their heart, watch this. I'm going to prophesy. Watch what God would do with that relationship. That relationship turned around 100% with this particular, these particular leaders. And I got to see their heart. They got to see mine. We cried together. We hugged each other. And we stayed together. I was this close of losing some powerful leaders because I didn't see grace in them and I didn't give grace. I believe in my heart there's people here this morning that you need to give grace to somebody. And you're going to see restore, uh, relationship restored when you do that. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands to the Lord and invite the grace of God. I want you to think about who you can give, release the grace of God to this morning. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.